Hello, my friend, and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenward podcast. I'm so glad that you decided to journey with me, and um, I'm glad, and I feel it's a privilege to open the word with you. Thank you again for all the people who continue to encourage me um, to go ahead. And once again, let me um, invite you to make sure to share with me your own journey, your own take on the gospel, on whatever God is doing in your life. Before opening the word, we want to make sure that we open our hearts and our minds to the work of the Holy Spirit, so that indeed He who inspired the word can continue to make us aware of what the word really means, how we can through Jesus, who is the Word, can reach the heart of the Father. And we pray, O God, by whom we are redeemed and receive adoption, look graciously upon your beloved sons and daughters, that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and an an everlasting inheritance. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you, wishing to construct a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, This one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king, marching into battle, would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. As a family, as a church, as Christians, we are taking another step in our journey um, as disciples leading us closer and closer to God. And of course, today, the liturgy seems to be particularly practical, but it's quite demanding. But the whole direction of the liturgy, which hopefully will be the direction of the whole week for all of us, can be summar- is found summarized in the opening prayer. It's usually the case. 
where we are asking God that we who believe in Christ may experience, ready, rolling of the drum, may experience true freedom. This is what we want. This is what God wants us to have, true freedom. And there is such a thing as the freedom that is peculiar of the children of God. We who know that God is our Father, who loves us immensely, and we decide to respond to this love as disciples of Jesus experience, or should experience, this special freedom. Now, we have been journeying for quite some time, and we heard Jesus telling us so many wonderful things. First of all, we started this unit by looking and focusing on the fact that Jesus says that the Father is pleased, is happy to give us his kingdom. Now, how do you feel about being kings and queens? Doesn't it feel good? Okay, that's, that's the person in charge of a kingdom, right? And that's who we are. He's willing to give us this king, his kingdom, not just another, a, a little one, but his kingdom. Now, we also learned that this kingdom is also called the treasure. You remember we talked about it some weeks ago. The treasure that is like in a chest you open up and there are treasures after treasures, blessing upon blessings. That's the life that God has given us. And we have received this life because of our baptism. But things are not necessarily so automatic. We have to enter, we have to respond to all these gifts that God wants us to have. They are potentially ours, but like some gifts that we may still have in the closet, in the box, still wrapped, that in order for you to use them, we have to unpack them, take them out of the box, plug them in, say, oh, this is a toaster, and you start putting bread in there, right? We have to start owning these gifts, and this is the challenge that we have this week. We are spending some time, and Jesus explained to us what God has in mind for us, and He made it possible. But now the question becomes incredibly personal. Once we understand what God has accomplished for us in Christ, we have to ask ourselves, do I really want these blessings? Do I really want this life of freedom? And what am I willing to do to get it? Remember, the, this gospel passage begins with an invitation. Jesus looked at the great crowd and they were going after him, but now Jesus wants this crowd to take another step, to become disciples, to move from second-hand information. Oh, I know that there is a God, the priest told me, the nuns told me, you know, this second-hand information, to first-hand information where we now start experiencing the blessing ourselves, when we start getting to know God one-on-one. -on -one. We are made for this, not for second-hand information, okay? Are you with me? All right. So now, how do we do it? We, first of all, as Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me. Discipleship is an invitation. We can say yes, and we can say no. There is nothing in between, I checked, because sometimes that's where I want to go. But no, it's either yes or no. But also, if we say yes, now Jesus is telling us, listen, this is the reality. A couple of days ago at Daily Mass, we meditated on 
the gospel passage of the miraculous fish. You remember Jesus was teaching, but there were so many people said he jumped on a boat and he asked people to move the boat a little bit offshore so they could teach. But later on, he talked to Simon Peter, who spent the whole night fishing and caught nothing. He said, let's go to the deep. And Peter said, well, it doesn't make sense, but because you said so, I'm going. And they went, and guess what? They got so many fish that they had to call other boats, and they were all in danger of sinking. So the blessing is there. The fish are there, available to us, but unless we get to the deep, we're not going to get them. Do you understand? Can you get a miraculous fish when you're still on shore? No. When we are on shore and the water just get on our feet, what do we get? We get a cute little seashell, maybe some nice stone. We get something. But where is the blessing? The blessing is in the deep. So we now have to make a choice. Am I willing to take another step in my discipleship or do I want to remain on shore? Now, on shore, we can get on a boat, we can pretend we're going somewhere, but we're still on the shore. Okay, imagine you're in a garage. Okay, you wanna to go to Florida. Well, maybe not right now, but uh, you wanna to go to your favorite place, okay? But you're in the, in, the, in the garage, you get in the car, and you pretend to go. Right. In your mind, you're going, but you're still there. What happens? How are you going to get there? You have to engage the engine, engage the, the engine, and go, right? And follow the, the map to get there. That's discipleship. We can stay on shore, and we still get something, but Jesus wants us to get the miraculous uh, catch, and he wants us to go to the deep. Only there we can find something. And that's what Jesus wants us to, to focus we are going to get there, if, but we need to change our mind on certain things. The kingdom of God has its own values, has its own dynamics, and do not always match the ones of the world. That's why Jesus is saying, if anyone wants to follow me, you cannot follow me, you cannot be my disciples. And did you notice know he says this three times? Cannot be my disciples. Three times he says it. So, there are conditions in discipleship. Why? Whose kingdom is it? God. So it's his condition. There are his conditions. In order for us to be free, Jesus said, told us before, God wants us to have this great gift, but in order for you to get it, you have to let go of what you have in your hands so that it will be empty and able to receive gifts. These are the conditions. Okay? The conditions are there so that we can receive this blessing more readily. And what are the conditions? Jesus says, and uses an incredibly terrible word. He says, unless you hate your mother, your father, your child, your, it's, it's an equal opportunity hate. Okay, he goes through a whole list. Right? Now, don't you think it's a little strange for Jesus to use that word? I thought we were all about love. So, making sure that you don't leave church says, hey, father said we can hate. We will be very successful because it's, human, it's a very human to dislike greatly other people. But guess what? The word hating, the verb, does not refer to what we think today. Okay? So it's not a, a statement of condition, of emotions. You know why? Because psychology did not start yet. So they were look, using these words in a different way. To hate someone means 
to consider that person on the second or in the third place, not first place. It means that Matthew changes this word in another way, and he says, you have to love less this in order to love him more. Do you understand what that means? Do you understand? None of us has permission to hate anybody. It's all about love. It's all about prioritizing the values of the kingdom and making them ours. Now, Jesus said, unless we pick up the cross, we cannot be disciples. What does that mean? It means that we, as disciples, pick on the values of God, which are summarized in the cross. Why are they summarized in the cross? Because we see the extent of the love that God has. And you remember, what did he say? What does the gospel say? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So we know that the values of God means what? That we, disciples of Jesus, love the people that God loves. And we love them in the way that God loves them. That's what it means. Okay? I'm now picking up the values of the kingdom, making them mine. Otherwise, I cannot be a disciple. And therefore, we can no longer say, well, that we have always done it this way, because that means loving father, mother, you know, whomever. That's what it means. And therefore, we have to say, now, from this moment on, there are different values. We've always done it this way. That's who we are. Well, if those values go against the values of the kingdom, which values are we going to pick? The world or the kingdom? That's where we are. That's the decision we have to make. Now, let's look at the second reading. Paul tells us exactly what it means to see things as from the point of view of the kingdom. Uh, Onesimus is a slave, and he belongs to Philemon. Onesimus escapes and goes to Paul. Paul keeps him for a couple of days and then sends him back with this note that we have. We could say, whoa, that's slavery. We are so against it. But look at what Paul is doing. He's engaging the situation and do the Christian thing, transforming the relationship. And he says to Philemon, for Mike, don't tell Paul, but I think it's a little passive aggressive, but that's what he does. What can you do? Uh, he's saying, I'm a return, even though I would like to keep Onesimus for myself, I'm sending this him back to you, but I want you to look at him and treat him no longer as the world sees it as a slave, but look and treat him for who he really is for you. A brother. This is the difference we make in the world. We who are disciples of Jesus and pick up the values of the kingdom cannot relate to people as the world does. We have to ask ourselves what difference does Christianity make? What difference does the gospel make if we behave like people who don't know Jesus? So for example on social media, check it out. There are Catholics, very strong Catholics, who feel that they have the right to make fun of other people just because they don't agree with them. Is it allowed? No, that's how the world does. 
How do we do it? We engage them and we say, no, he's my brother. No, that's my sister. Yeah, we don't, we don't agree with this, but I have to respect it. I have to make sure that I can see that person as God does. Why? Whose values have we picked on? Jesus. So we have to see each other as he sees us, no longer as we see normally. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Christianity must make a difference, and this difference must be seen in the way we treat each other, and most especially the people we don't agree with, we don't like, and whatever it is that is in our mind, making them different than us. I really would like to have a sign from you to know if you're with me or not, okay? Thank you. Hopefully, we are getting somewhere. This is the, 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 the experience of the kingdom, to look at our relationships and see whether or not things can change. Now, why is this important? Because the moment I see you for who you are, and I need, we talked about this last week, I need humility to, to see you for who you are, God can establish his kingdom in our relationships. So imagine husband and wife that make an effort to, to let God establish the kingdom. Parents with children, one person with another person. You go to the, to the, the local store and you establish the kingdom in that way. What happens? The kingdom makes itself grow. So when we say thy kingdom come, how do you think this kingdom is going to come? unless we, who are disciples, become part of this establishment. And it comes by picking up that cross. Do you understand now why Jesus said, unless you give up all your possessions? It's not necessarily material things, although those have to circulate among people. But also it's referring to opinions, way of doing things. Well, I think it's wrong. Well, how about you let go for a moment and see whether or not God can do something about it? Huh? Now, imagine what will happen to our relationships, our families, our workplaces, our church, if we start getting into this mindset. Remember this. No matter where we are, there is always people on the other side. The left wing and the right wing belongs to the same bird. Okay, that's our mindset. Left hand, right hand, belong to the same person. So that we, as Christians, don't have enemies. And even if we do, we have to love them. That's what Jesus said. But in order to do that, we have to plan carefully. If we want to achieve the goal, we have to plan it out, right? Otherwise, Christianity will always be a hobby and never a lifestyle. If I want to go on vacation, I have to plan it out, take a week off, you know, whatever, save money, get the ticket. That's why Jesus said, if you want to build a tower, make sure you know how many bricks you have. And if you don't know it, well, plan it ahead. So what happens if this week we spend time and say, hey, what kind of goals do I want to achieve in my life this year? Let's say, for example, I really don't know the Gospels. Maybe I need to do something about it. Make it into a plan. And if you cannot do it yourself, join a group. So you can do it together. As a family, husband, wife, what goal do we want to achieve? What do we need? What do we have to march up and to little up? Let's make a plan. Let's find out how many bricks we have. And if we need to get some more bricks, where are we going to get them? Very practical. That's Christianity. As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that 
He is revealing himself to us as a loving father who is inviting us to trust him and says, would you let me give you the freedom you want? It's available to you, but you have to let go. If you are in the dark, stop being in the dark. Turn the lights on. If you want to go somewhere, don't pretend to go. Get on a boat and start rowing. The riches are over there, available to you. And we bring to the altar our struggles, our yes, our I have doubts. I don't know what to do. And he will help us out. But most especially, let's renew our commitment to love one another, making sure that we support one another, encourage one another, so that we can lift each other up and together witness to the people out there that indeed God's love is real and changes our I hope you felt inspired by the gospel to live your life uh, by taking up by picking up the values of the cross so that indeed you too may become a disciple of Jesus and experience true freedom. I wish you well. Uh, remember to pray for me as I will pray for you and I'm looking forward to journeying with you, taking another step heavenwards next week. In the meantime, God bless you and let's continue to live the truth in love. God bless. Bye-bye.